Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. You know, if we'd gotten John Farlinger on the show today, we could have had three. Eskimos radio analysts. As earlier today, we had Fred Fleming on the show. Welcome back, everybody. Orders now. Bob Stauffer with you. It's one thirty-three at Edmonton. Dave Campbell is the Eskimos radio analyst. He works with uh, Morley Scott. Uh, I think Blake Dermont's part of those uh, home broadcasts, as is the young gun himself, Brendan Escott. Here is Dave Campbell. Hi, Dave. How are you? Hey, Bob. Doing well. How yeah. are you? Good. And I know you, you know Fred, and you know... Um, uh, you you know Farley, so uh, you must uh, you must get a chuckle when we bring up uh, those sort of names, especially in relation to Brian Hall, because we had Brian in studio yesterday, and I, yep. I I'm just wondering how much more do you get to say now with Morley than you did when you uh, did the games with Brian? Tons, tons. I mean, I I remember the first preseason game Morley and I did. It was a preseason game against the San Peters in the, in June of 2010, and I uh, I couldn't believe how much. I had to talk that game first of all because you know I mean Morley that was his first ever Eskimo game uh, yeah. and did a great job and he's been fantastic uh, since taking on the role but um, I think the record for myself and my own personal record of not speaking uh, in a game working with Halsey is I think six plays so I mean that could be a whole whole drive back then right so um, so yeah, I definitely a lot busier with with uh, with Brian or with uh, Morley than I was with uh, with Brian. You're, you're busy with Brian, but it's different. Yeah, uh, you, ha- you have to find things to do without talking. You know, without talking as much. You're hurting cats with Brian, is what you're saying. <laughs> hey, I learned a ton from Halsey. I learned a ton. I'm having fun with Halsey. Learned a ton. We from had Brian, a, we but... had a great re- we had a great response. I mean, with football play by play, there's a natural cadence, right? Whereas yep. with hockey, it's not uncommon for the play-by-play guy to do 90% of the talking because the action is fluid, whereas with football, obviously, it's, you know, describe the play, and then they go into the huddle, and it's just it's a completely different scenario. As you know, I watch I watch um, a lot of football. You know that. Uh, yeah. I watched the game on Saturday. Yikes. That was oh. tough. Have people underestimated the Montreal Alouettes? Is that what's going on here, do you think? Well, I, I don't know if that played into it. If it did, I'd be highly disappointing. I mean, the Alouettes at that point were winners of two straight games. And I think there's probably a natural tendency to go, okay, even though they beat the Ticats, which is a pretty good football team, they're 4-1. and one. Uh, They beat the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks, and there's a lot of question marks about Ottawa, even though they, they're 2-3 two and, two and three on the year. No one really knew what to think of the Alouettes. And um, the Alouettes came out. Uh, they, they were good from start to finish. That They were pretty consistent. Even though they only scored 20 points in the game, I thought the Eskimos' defense played really well. But, you know, Vernon Adams did some things for the Eskimos' defense that haven't been done before in the young season with his mobility and his ability just to kind of get out of the pocket, uh, throw on the run, uh, things of that nature. So, you know, he's uh, he's definitely a guy that, uh, you know, definitely a guy that has taken the opportunity and has taken it very well and taken it uh, to, you know, to heart and ran, and ran with his opportunity. And the Eskimos, to me, I mean, offensively, they just weren't good enough. They were just not good enough at all. They weren't in sync for very much of that football game. 
and it really cost them. And they had their worst performance of the season. Trevor Harris wasn't as sharp as he needed to be, but everybody had struggled. The O-line struggled. Um, the uh, the receiving core, I didn't think, played very well. You know, and they had penalties that, you know, took them, took uh, points off the board. So so that's tough, right? That's That, that was a tough outing. Uh, the heat and humidity kind of had some things to do with it as well. But, you know, the Alouettes played in the, the exact same conditions and, um, they did. They did a lot better than, than what the what the Eskimos uh, were able to muster. Uh, I recall seeing Vernon. I mean, Vernon Adams was a big story because he he left Eastern Washington and he went into Oregon right after uh, Mariota was there. Mm. And I mean, that was a pretty big time story at that time in NCAA football. But he's bounced around a bit, hasn't he, in the CFL? Yeah, yeah and I think a lot of it has to do with attitude. And he was on the neg list of the BC Lions. Lions tried to sign him. He wanted too much money uh, for what, you know, honestly, what what was what was warranted at the time, you know, for an, for an, uh, for a quarterback that's going into his first season um, or coming into the CFL. So they got traded for a first round pick to the Alouettes. Uh, then stayed on the bench basically for the entire season until he won three games at the very end. That was back in uh, I'm just trying to remember twenty. I want to say it was 2015. Then he gets moved to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in, uh, in no, it was 2016. 2017 gets moved to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, doesn't play uh, hardly at all. Then moves to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Then he's with East, and then he signs with the Alouettes. And then his first game is the Johnny Manziel game when he you know, made his first uh, or made, you know, suited up for the first time for the Alouettes since being traded. I remember that game because we were there and the Eskimos won that game. But they kept, you know, crowd kept chanting, we want Johnny, we want Johnny. Renowns came out later that week and said I'll, I'll never forgive the fans i'm done with the fans um you know i'm i'm, I'm not i'm not going to put up with this anymore and then you know he he basically apologized after that and basically had to grow up he has prepared a lot better and knows about preparation as a starting quarterback uh a lot a lot more than he used to i think he kind of thought his talent was going to be enough and you gotta you gotta work harder as a starting quarterback in in, in professional football and, and put in the hours and the time of film study and, and meetings and, and 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 work well in practice. So, you know, he's definitely turned it around and he's been a very good uh, very good quarterback. He's six and two as a starter uh in his career and he's played extremely well uh this year. So give him all the credit in the world. All right. Well are the what are the Eskimos facing tonight against Toronto? Well, they're they're gonna face first arrested team. They've been out west for the last uh, couple of weeks. They were in Winnipeg two weeks ago, and they were in Calgary a week ago Thursday. And they should have won that game. I mean, they allow 26 points. 22 of those were off turnovers. You take those away, Bob, they win that football game against the against the Stampeders. So they're 0-5. They're, they're not playing very well on offense. They're, they're only averaging 15 points per game in the five games they've played that's worse than the cfl they're giving up about 38 points on average in those five games as well and mcleod bethel thompson is the quarterback right now i mean james franklin was the starter uh the start of the season played two games or the hamstrings on the 16 injury list mcleod bethel thompson started the last three games he's over 300 yards in each of those games but you look at last week i mean he's he had four turnovers four turnovers and he did not look good on on uh, I think on most of those, there was one that, you know, I think just the DB made, made a great play, and you got to give them credit, too. So they're struggling at the at the quarterback spot. Darrell Walker is finally getting more usage in that offense. He only had 13 targets, seven catches in the first two games, and now he's up uh, he's uh, up near around uh, 250 yards 
passing and he's been targeted or receiving and he's been targeted about 12 times in the last two games. So they're starting to get him more involved. Um, their defense is the biggest issue, in my opinion. Um, they they give up too much. They're, Corey Chamlin's trying to play a, a, a system where um, he's trying to play a really aggressive type man-to-man system, and they're just not good enough to do that. They have a good front four. I think Cleon Lang has maybe been their best player, not on defense, but maybe on the team. He's got four sacks on the season. So, you know, they're, they're, uh, but they're a team that I don't think you really want, you know, any team really wants to face when, you know, with the prospect of, okay, they're 0-5, and at some point they got they got to beat somebody. But, you know, from the Eskimos' perspective, they got to come in that game pretty angry considering how they played last week in, in Montreal. So this is an interesting one today. You know, I don't think the Eskimos need to, to, to completely crush the Argos, but they got to they got to win in convincing fashion and, and a, a good 60-minute effort from start to finish, and that's going to be tough on, on a short week. doesn't matter who you're playing. And the Eskimos have some injuries. Is that correct? Oh, this is mirroring 2017. All right. Everybody gets hurt, Dave, but this is above and beyond what's normal at this stage? I would say so. I, I would say so. I mean, they got 12 players with their six-game injury list right now. You can add Forrest Hightower, their defensive back, uh, to that list. He was hurt very early in the game in Montreal. Uh, so Taekwon Glass played the whole game pretty much at the wide side halfback spot, so he'll start there. Uh, DeVars Daniels hurt again. He's only on the one-game injured list, so that's good news. So they'll flip ratio on the uh, receiving core. They'll put Devon Smith back in the starting lineup with uh, Nateas Jay, the other Canadian, and they'll go with uh, three American, two Canadian set up in the offensive line. Travis Bond will come in. Kyle Sackford will uh, slip back to the uh, number six spot on the O-line after having kind of a tough outing last week uh, in Montreal. And then uh, C.J. Gable is uh, hurt. Uh, he's been banged up the last few games, Bob. Uh, he's left the game uh, at some point in the last three games. He has come back, returned, finished the game. But uh, he practiced a little bit on Tuesday but then left early. So Shaq Cooper is going to get his third start as an Eskimo first this season. Had uh, two starts last uh, season. Had a 100-yard rushing game in his debut against the Alouettes in a home game against the uh, uh, a whole game in, in last August against the Alouettes. Well, Eskimo's got to take some more shots vertically too, don't they, Dave? Well, I think so. You know, I, I looked it up uh, uh, the other day, and their first two games, they were 7 of 11 on passes 20 yards or more. Since then, they're 2 for 14. So they haven't taken as many shots, and they're kind of settling more for that, uh, especially that 0 to 9-yard passing game, and, you know, a little bit with the, the 10 to 19-yard, but they're getting almost nothing downfield. So, you know, someone has to step up in that receiving core. And, you know, you look at Kenny Stafford, you look at Greg Ellingson, who's been a little bit quiet, even though he's had some decent outings of, you know, good you know, good games of second down conversions. He's tied for first and second down conversion catches with 11. But their deep game isn't there right now. And, you know, that's where you miss a guy like a DeVaris Daniels. But, you know, they have players on that team with, deep playability with Stafford and Ellingson and even Ricky Collins and even someone like Devon Smith, who's got a lot of speed. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're not helping themselves. And, you know, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, as well as the Eskimos have played defensively, they, they've been giving up the odd 20-yard play or that, that, that explosion play that kind of kills them, right? And the Eskimos aren't able to respond with their own. And, you know, they've, they've, they've tried. I remember that Winnipeg loss. They had several of them down the stretch in the fourth quarter, and they kept dropping, you know, receivers kept dropping the football. But uh, their deep game isn't there right now, but this is a defense where I think they can get some opportunities tonight and get that 20-yard game back. Well, uh, they've also, I think it's fair to say, they don't have quite the same playmakers 
uh, as they they had before when they had Walker and Zilstra, right? No, no, as or even Duke front. Williams or sure. Ryan Mitchell, and, right? Yeah, you know, players like that. I mean, they're there, but you know, it's a it's a different style of offense. Right. Where they're more of a you know. They're more of a spread spread offense, and you know they're not really relying on on the explosion plays, but you still need them once where, in a while. Where is Duke Williams, by the way, these days? Duke Duke Williams is with the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Yeah, and Brian Mitchell's with the uh, with the was with the Arizona Cardinals, got cut. Now he's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, Zilstra was it Minnesota? Is that where he ended up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Dave, hey, thanks for your time. And uh, we'll be listening. And now, are you guys uh, babysitting Brendan Escott? Like, how, how's that going? This is his first full year. No, he doesn't need babysitting. He's, he's, he's good. He's, he's good. good. He, well, yeah. now you're, you're up. Sometimes he the- forgets which door to walk in, and we just tell him, you know, don't walk in that door, walk in this door. Okay. Um, you know, go here, go there. But he he's, get, he's getting it down, no problem. Yeah. I, man, you're smart. in the nice heated booth upstairs, and uh, he's, he's down on the sidelines. It might be a little chilly out there tonight. Yeah, Brennan, bring the appropriate jacket tonight, okay? Done deal. Can't wait, Dave. Okay, buddy. All right, great stuff, Dave. Thanks for your time. Okay, Bob. Take care. You bet. 146 in Edmonton. You enjoying uh, doing that? Being the sideline guy? It's a lot of fun. It's a totally different experience watching a football game at that level. And I say this often, Bob, you don't realize how violent it really is until you see it at field level. It's the speed. I mean, it's no different than media guys uh, whose first experiences watching the Oilers or watching elite hockey, uh, maybe if you didn't play at the most competitive levels when you were younger, is being upstairs in the press box. It looks pretty damn easy. Oh, look at how much time and space. Oh, I can't. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you're, I mean, I grew up playing against Manny Viveros and Todd Ewan. They both made it to the NHL, you know, and, and Manny did not carve out a full-time NHL. I, I played maybe once against Brian Benning, but a, a bunch of times against Viveros and Ewan, and those guys were head and shoulders better than anybody we had on our team. Like, we had a couple guys that would play major junior. I got a former teammate on tomorrow that played, you know, was a good minor pro player and is now the head coach at Penn State, okay? And Todd Ewan was so much better as a forward than virtually uh, certainly any guy on any of the teams that I have played with. And he was an enforcer in the NHL. And in Vivarosa's case, he was a freak. He was Bobby Orr for the 66 borns in Edmonton. Probably better player at a younger age maybe than Benning was. Benning obviously had a much better NHL career. Today, Vivarosa would have played probably 600 games minimum in the NHL with the way the league went. The speed is just... It's, but if you're, you know, if you're watching it from up top, it looks so much like you can sit there and, you know, if you you watch enough college football, and you watch the same teams, you can pick up on reads and you can tell what they're going to run off various formations, right? Well, don't ever underestimate the the speed, the violence of the contact. It's uh, it's and, and hey, that's the CFL, where there's a little bit more. Imagine in the NFL, like. It's uh, it's with, with all due respect to the CFL. I don't mean to diminish the CFL. There's some terrific athletes. There's some guys that are better suited to play in the CFL and the NFL. And then there's other guys that have gotten a little bit of trouble and ended up in the CFL that are highly talented players. But um, that's cool that you recognize that that's the biggest thing. Was just the, I remember being on the sidelines for the '97 Grey Cup, and Saskatchewan was playing uh, against the Ar- Argos. It was in Edmonton, second of the back-to-back. And Saskatchewan had some tiny, tiny defensive backs. And all I could think of is 
these guys are going to get picked apart. And they got picked apart. And they're, they weren't driving through guys when they were making tackles. And the Argos that day were. All right, we'll take a quick timeout and get back. Uh, we got uh, our Heartland Ford text line, and we got a bunch of texts, including some on Alish Hemsky. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 152 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. You can text us at 630-630. 50 years, the silver anniversary. Royal Pizza still making it great where the Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. Edmonton owned and operated for 50 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. To our Heartland Ford text line, Heartland Ford at 630-630. Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. Go down and see the great Gretzky, Mike Gretzky, and Griff Jarvis at Heartland Ford and Heartland RV. All right. Here we go. Steve says, Bob, I'm uh, with you on Hemsky. I loved watching him play. Uh, this text comes to us from Reed. He says, Bob, I attended the Steve Moss Celebration of Life last Saturday or Sunday. Interesting how many Southside Athletic Club guys were there. Steve was a great guy, great family, uh, great to pay respects to a guy like that. Um, yeah, well, uh, and uh, I had my extended family was at that event as well. Uh, Steve was a, a, tra- a unique fellow, a terrific guy, and Pretty good hockey player as well. Uh, he will be missed. Uh, Mike from Calgary. Uh, my two favorite Alish Hemsky moments are the 06 run uh, and the Samsonov pass and the famous uh, Patrick Stefan. You should be embarrassed for what you just did. That was, uh, was that Ray Ferraro that was losing it or uh, Peter Labardius? They were the play by play tandem in that game. Hemsky, subtle player. Um, this text comes in. Hey, Bob, uh, I'm in agreement about the uh, Seahawks. He used a different term to describe the Seahawks, which is not uncommon uh, in bar slogan, bar talk. They were a force fed to me throughout the 1980s until the 1990s were a hated divisional rival of my beloved Denver Bronco fans. There are a lot of Denver Bronco fans in Edmonton. And again, we had Fred Fleming on from the Broncos. 29 years he's worked for them now. Also, regarding Hemsky, I love the way he'd always take on a hit to make a play, but there have been some who question his work ethic. Can you question or can you answer why? Well, Alish was not. Here's the deal. Alish saved his energy for the games. So he was slightly ahead of his time. And maybe there's some old school, some old dogs around that, you know, think that young players, even if they're playing more minutes in the top six, should be out there at you know, be the last guys off the ice. And we had this a bit with Taylor Hall as well. And um, and then, you know what? Hemsky wasn't a guy that ever sought the media out. And not saying that there's not a lot of me- uh, players that do, but he didn't go out of his way to necessarily accommodate the media. But again, if you, you know, I, I traveled with him for three seasons and I, I kind of got Alish's personality. He was a little bit different. I think... So- Sometimes I think that players and coaches that are really good quotes, specifically, because we're talking writers, and writers like to take a lot, and that's their prerogative. They like to spend a lot of time with guys. Um, Sometimes those guys maybe get a bit of a beneficial rub, specifically from the ink-stained wretches, right? And there's some other guys that that's just not 
their thing as much, and I don't think it was Alish's thing. In terms of work ethic and practice, to me, he brought it in the games. To me, he went to the high-rent district places on the ice. Right? He took a hit to make a play. I don't think that can be debated. But again, I think that, you know, like, a lot of guys really liked Craig McTavish as a coach because he had, he was great with quotes. And Craig was a good coach. Was he a great coach? Never got hired anywhere else other than Edmonton. Maybe that's because he was see- as a head coach in the NHL. Maybe that's because he was seen as an order. Conversely, there's a lot of guys that think Mac T was a crappy GM. I think he was average. I think he hit on some stuff and missed on some stuff. Obviously, he's probably one year too early on making the move firing Ralph Kruger and bringing in Dallas Akins. But Mac T drafted Leon Dreisettle and drafted Darnell Nurse. Those are two pretty good players that he ended up picking. All right, what do we got? Well, hey, we got a game tonight. What time are you going down there, by the way? I'll be there around 6.30 or so. You don't go there until 6.30? You don't? You know, well, it's a 7.30 start time tonight. Remember, we get the late ones, so oh, okay. we'll spend an hour there. Tomorrow, uh, Guy Gadelski, the head coach of Penn State, and you got a, a, a concept you want to talk It's a Friday fun day. It's mm-hmm. the summer. You know, it's kind of low-key. So what, 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 what do you suggest we talk about tomorrow? Well, I think it'd be fun to know from the listener, if you could steal one player from another team in the NHL, who would it be? And we're not talking the obvious. So not Sidney Crosby or not Alexander Ovechkin. Let's, or... let's sift through that. That's, that's too easy. Yeah. I look at a guy like, and maybe this is even too easy, but I look at Thomas Shabbat and what he did in Ottawa last year as a young, puck-moving, big-bodied defenseman. I like him on the Oilers. I like him on any team. There, it's a great idea. It's a real good idea. Good concept. And we'll discuss it on tomorrow's Friday Fun Day edition of Oilers Now. Again, a reminder, Eskimo pregame show at uh, 6 o'clock, the uh, game, the Eskimos and the Trout Argos, uh, stay dry if possible if you're making your way down to Commonwealth Stadium. 7.30 kickoff with Morley Scott, Dave Campbell. Blake Dermott. I got to get Blake did my color with the uh, Golden Bears for years. I got to get Blake on the show one of these days and uh, Brendan Escott. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoon news with Jalen Nye. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.